This week, we're adding the most innovative shooter I've played in years to the endless list. It's super hot. Welcome, Chris. Michael, hello. Steve, how are you? Doing well. Hello, everyone. Steve, is it Steven? Is it Steven? Yes. Yeah, my full name is Steven. You just you throw the N right on the end there. Is it a PH <laughs> or a V? It's a V. I'm a, oh. I'm a devout V. There's a split yeah. in the Steve community uh, between the PHs and the V. Um, the council, the council, you the will, council of you Steve's, exactly. Um, and I think in my life, there's always, always been one other Steve that I've known, and they've always been a PH. So that's we're idiots. We're it's it's like a balance to the universe, you know. There have to be both sides represented. It's a like Quick. a PH balance, if you will. Exactly like that, <laughs> except the PH is funny, the worst part. Funny Steve story in my life. I used to work with a guy who's whose name was Steve, and he spelt it uh, S-T-E-E-V-E. And uh, that was because when he was born, his mother did not know how to correctly spell Steve. And so he was Steve with three E's. That's tragic. That's, that's, that's tragic. That's kind of sad. If I can finish my, my PH rant right here. Um, so when Steve's with the PH go by Steve, it's always spelled with a V. They they acknowledge the V is the superior shortening of the name. So, mm. you know, absolutely. I mean, that's just that. I think that speaks for itself as far as the the war between the Steves goes. It's not really a war. I guess it's more of a more of a grudge match, something like that. But anyway, mm. I'll end my rant right there. So you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. This week we are adding to our endless list, we are adding uh, the game entitled Super Hot. Um, It is our number 116 entry, I believe. Our endless list currently goes from number one, Super Mario 64, all the way down to number 115, Home Alone. Uh, last week we added Worms Armageddon to the list at number fifty-seven. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't here this for that. Week we're... I wasn't here for that. Your nice change of pace is fucking over. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Another county heard from. <laughs> oh lord! Thank God he's back. Woo. Yeah. yeah. Awesome we, to we, have you back, we, Chris. We we need him in quotes. Yeah, this was a nice change that. of pace from the last week when we had a nice change yeah. of pace. I bet that I bet that rating slump was fucking massive last week, but don't worry, I'm back. I'm back to here comes the, the wor- downloads. Here comes the workhorse. The uh, <laughs> yeah. who's the guy? Who's the guy in Minnesota who owned the wrestling promotion and had the championship? The Nick Vern Bockwinkle. Gagne? No, the Nick Bockwinkle. Well, of, Nick, uh... Nick Bockwinkle was his go-to guy, but Vern Gagne owned the AWA. <laughs> And Vern Gagne was yeah, also yeah. champion of his own territory, but but the, yeah, I, I would yes, say I am, the, I am the Nick Bockwinkle of this pod. <laughs> These references are lost on me, but welcome, Nick. <laughs> you can follow us on it's at it's so bad pod on Twitter. It's so bad pod at gmail.com is the email address. And yes, we were adding super hot. So Steve, you nominated this game for the podcast. Why did you nominate this game? Because this game rocks, man. This is a good game. Um, 
I first heard about this game a few years ago uh, when it launched on VR, and I saw all these videos circulating on the uh, the internet of guys wearing crazy new VR headset rigs that were pretty new at the time and dodging around in their living rooms with like this stop motion or stop action, however you describe it, like time stops when this game when you stop moving in this game. And so these guys were doing like the John Wick thing, which actually this this did this come out before John Wick around the same time. I feel like. Uh... I don't know, probably around the same time. When did John Wick come out? Yeah, that's what I always probably think of. A- I think after. It, it might have been, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's kind of what it feels like playing this game. It's like John Wick can do all this crazy shit in like two seconds and take out a room full of guys. And you effectively can do that in this game because time only moves when you move. So it's kind of like a puzzle game where all these guys are running at you and you have different weapons like guns and katanas and you know, cue balls that you pick up off of uh, billiards tables in front of you, and you just use it all to, to kind of take guys out as quickly as you can um, without getting hit. And so I saw this in VR, and I thought, that's really cool, but I don't have a VR rig. And then I realized that there was another version of this game, pretty similar, but just not made for VR, that you could play on PC. So I got that and had a blast with it. And then since then, there's been like a sequel that's come out, and just a, it's a very cool game. So I was excited to do it for the pod. Chris, you hadn't played this game before, right? No, I so kind of similar to what Steve said. Like, I think there was like one night that um, one of our, well, Matt Z, I think was uh, was streaming him playing the VR version of Super Hot, and I was like, oh, that's really cool looking, and I and I I just thought that's all there was because like I think this game just kind of flew under the radar for me. So when um, when Steve mentioned this game, and I was like, oh, there is like a version on the PS4 I can play without VR rig. I, I was like, oh, that's that's cool. So yeah, so the first time I played it was with this this pod, and I was like, this is um, um, yeah, one of the most innovative uh, shooters I, I've I've ever played. So this game was released in 2016, um, five years ago. If you look on their Steam page, it says their five aniver- five year anniversary, and I was like, whoa, yes, eligible, let's go. Um, <laughs> But yes, that's our. What's what rule is that? The five year rule? Oh, the Cuphead rule. The original rule. Uh, the the have, rule. <laughs> you have to wait five years for games to appear on the list or be added. But yeah, I knew about this game back in the day when it when it launched. It um, it was definitely one of those like third or fourth wave uh, indie games that were were talked about a lot. Uh, pretty cool concept, right? So the it's kind of like an evolution on Bullet Time. Um, if you will, it makes bullet time more strategic and more puzzly where when you move, everything always moves, but when you move, time moves faster. So like bullets will always move even when you're not moving, but just moves extremely slow or you can dodge bullets and stuff. Um, I love this game playing it. Uh, I thought it was really fun. I did think it was maybe a little short. It's a, it's for people out there. It's, I think I beat the main campaign in like two hours, but it was it's a pretty fucking good game. It's it's short, but I feel like it's um, uh, priced accordingly. I mean, I don't know how much it cost on launch, but I think I just bought it on PS4 for like nine bucks or ten bucks, and I was yeah. like, you know, again, I don't know if, if that what it cost on launch, like, but I feel like for the length and the content, I feel like that's very appropriate. Yeah, I think that when I got it, it might have been 15 bucks. No more than 20 bucks, yeah. I don't think. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, same thing. I beat it, like, on a Saturday morning. Like, I woke up early and played, like, a few hours of it, took a break, came back, played a little bit more, and then I was like, I was done. That was it. 
Um, and that's what I feel like it kind of lends itself well to like the puzzle game genre. Like it, the levels are designed for you to kind of replay or do like challenge mode where they kind of throw increasingly you know difficult scenarios at you. Um, and I like the way the levels are set up too, because it's kind of set up. So I've just looked it up. John Wick came out in 2014. So before this game, but it's kind of set up in like action movie scenarios where it's like you start at least in the, the main campaign and I, I guess campaign in loose quotes, but I guess all the, all the other levels too, are challenges. Like you start in like a bar with a bunch of guys coming at you with like shotguns or something, or you start off with like, you're in a parking garage and there's a car jumping or driving forward and you have to jump <laughs> over it. Um, so it's just kind of like cool action movie scenarios where it's like, oh yeah, this is a scene from any action movie and how do you get out of it with like whatever's around you. And yeah, it's just, it's really fun. And like some of the weapons are like stuff that you have to kind of improvise and grab around you. Sometimes you can just like punch a guy and beat him up. Sometimes they'll run in with lots of guns and the idea is you have to take the guns from them and, you know, shoot the other guys around you. So it's, it's cool how it mixes up the challenges and it does it all in like pretty time boxed levels. Like it only takes like a minute or two to beat each level if you do it right. Right. I think we should, you know, for people who are listening that have not played it, they're trying to get a sense of this game too. Like, I mean, I think the art style to it is probably one of the most attractive things to it. Like that really sets it apart. Like it's, you know, essentially the, the environment is monochrome or completely white. The enemies are kind of like red, uh, old school Virtua Fighter style, like blobs, and uh, and then you are kind of like um uh, like a grayscaled like polygonal figure, and all the weapons are are kind of blacked out too. So very minimal like color palette. Although I mean, there's many shades of red and yellow and whatnot, but still, it's like it's a very striking like art style to yeah. to this game. Yeah, so not not even weapons too. It's also the objects, all the objects. Right, Everything yeah, interactable yeah. is black, and the background and environment is like white and white scale. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, enemies are all red, and they're called red dudes in the game. <laughs> That's what the enemies are. Stop short at red shirts, you know. Basically, <laughs> yeah. they're just running at you. The uh, menu design is also like in the menus. You're brought to like an old school. Uh, PC or they they designed it after the Norton Commander file system, which was like a file system from like the late '80s, early '90s. Um, so that's also super super cool when you're interacting with the menu and interstitials that play out like uh, somebody's chatting with you, uh, yeah. which is pretty fun. Yeah, there's a nice like meta narrative going on throughout the game as to like as you do just kind of feel like you're playing these like kind of enclosed like puzzle type levels like as you go through more and more there is like a like a story that starts to play out and it's like you start to wonder like are you really playing the most innovative shooter you have played in years or like are you are you taking part in something more and and, uh well you know i think that that kind of pushes you forward i think uh with this game because it does have a narrative so I know we were talking about John Wick, but I think the primary inspiration for this game, and in, in, in terms of the gameplay and also the narrative, is the Matrix. Yeah. Um, yep. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> like you're you're the playing other, the Matrix, the other movie. Keanu Reeves vehicle, uh, right? <laughs> Where you have bullet time, but you can move, and also you're jacked into a VR system, fighting red dudes in this meta narrative where this like computer is giving you access to this game, but doesn't want to give you access to it. And is like, don't do it. Don't come. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> come. Okay. You can come now. Come now. So yeah, it's a really, I, I liked the story. It's minimal, just like the, the art style and 
everything else in this game, but the story was was very intro was was at least compelling enough. Uh, the core loop of this game is really what drives it. So like the core mm. loop of you entering a new arena and then if you die, it's so quick to get back in. It's like one of those things that I fucking love. Any game that is like you hit a button and it's like instant restart is like crap to me. <laughs> I can play that shit all day long. Like I'm playing right now, enter the gungeon and it's like shit. I just, and the runs in that game are like 10 to 20 minutes. And like, oh, I'm like, fuck, I just miss, messed up a run, but I'm going to hit restart. And it's right back in there in like 10 seconds. So um, just those quick restart stuff is like so super compelling to me. Yeah, it's cool the way the narrative kind of like it kind of brings you as a gamer and other games have done this too, but it like brings you as the gamer playing a game that act into the story where it's like, Oh, you're playing this game. Or are you really playing this game? Is this really even mm. a game? Are you part of this game? And it keeps like the like code from the old, you know, PC computer like breaks down and this guy's talking to you. And then you have like these weird kind of like, I guess like hallucinations, but within the virtual sphere where you like, run up and see yourself playing the game and you can like smack yourself down or like you can is it a is it a hallucination is it a hallucination who knows <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's not yeah um so it's just cool it's cool the way that it brings you in there and, and like that's kind of the hook for the whole the whole puzzle piece of this um yeah and it's quick you know again it's a, all this plays out in like two hours so it's a, a fun yeah. way to keep you going and be like oh there's a story sort of but i'm part of the story <laughs> sort of I do find it funny. This game was uh, developed by a, a t team from Poland. They call themselves Super Hot Team now, but they like didn't really make games before this. But the original concept came out of a game jam. Are you guys familiar with game jams? No, I'm not. So like d like people are learning how to develop, and um, people in the development community, they will do these game jams where they work with like a team of people to build out a like prototype in like 24 hours, and it's like. You know, oh like yeah, convention yeah. and stuff. They did a seven oh, day. I see what you're saying. Yeah, they did a seven day FPS jam, which was like <clears throat> in seven days build a prototype concept for a um make an FPS game and submit it, and um, you could win money or usually something like that or like prestige. Have the prestige for winning the event. Add to your resume. But they were um, inspired during the game jam by a flash game that I played for you before um, off off mic. Um, it's called Time for Cat, which is just like, it's basically you're a cat and you go and you move your cursor over uh, like these things to get points. And it's like, it's just a very basic uh, flash game. But the whole concept is that the quicker you move your cursor, the quicker everything else moves. So that's, they were like, oh, this is like an interesting gimmick that we can put in our game. And also a music video by the name of Bad Motherfucker by the Russian <laughs> band Biting Elbows. Um so did you guys watch that music video? I know I shared it with you guys before this. Uh, yes, I did. I thought it was funny. It reminded me of that Always Sunny episode where uh, Danny DeVito like does drugs and like then it switches like his first person view and he like crashes like a funeral <laughs> and all this other stuff. And I was like, I eat that. I eat that. Up. That's uh, that's that's my <laughs> style of humor entertainment right there. That that gets me. Yeah, it was real weird. It was what I was expecting. Like, it starts with a guy with a bag over his head getting blapped in the face with a, sh with a gun. And then Shabbat. another dude throwing 
<laughs> blapped and then uh, another dude throwing a uh, German shepherd out a window it's like what is happening in this in this music video um, so that that is but it's all in the first person so it's like very John Wicky uh, Matrix type stuff in that music video um, yeah so they they funded this game on Kickstarter in 2014 and they met their goal to the to uh, fund this game in one day and the goal was a hundred thousand dollars there was a hundred thousand dollars in a day to put to to make this game um i didn't know this at the time and i still don't know what level it is but one of the tiers in the kickstarter was you can design your own arena so like a level in the game and uh cliff blazinski cliffy b um do you guys know who he is nope he, he is a famous developer he is uh, let's see here. Uh, he, I believe he's Unreal Tournament person. But he did, yep, Unreal Tournament. He is the creator of, as well as Unreal, Gears of War, uh, Bulletstorm, Lawbreakers was the most, most recent thing he did. But yeah, he's uh, pretty well known in, in the FPS world, and he uh, created one of the levels for this because he, he donated money for the Kickstarter, which was, I thought was funny. Um, but yeah, this is a game that we played yeah we kind of we kind of covered it i mean it's pretty straightforward yeah. there's not the only, there's not much the only, more yeah the only other things that i'd say about it are, there's two other modes besides the main campaign there's the endless mode which i tried a couple times and like that's something i feel like i could just pick up on a random day and be like yeah super hot fuck yeah there's also some challenge mode which is like um you the first one i played through the katanas one and it's basically you only have a katana to start with and then there's the second one is you just start with fists and it's one punch kills. Then um, I haven't gotten further than that, but they're pretty fun. They're just re they're basically the same maps that are in the main game, but just with uh, more enemies or in different locations, they spawn locations. So that, that level where you have to jump over the car is like the second one in the punching level. Um, and then there's like, there's a couple other things in the interface. So, um, one of the things I did while you guys were playing Valheim one night and I was playing super hot, I w opened up the, there's like a chat and from the, you can get to from the menu and it's like a hacker subgroup of a like Usenet thing, like IRC or like whatever for or like AOL chat rooms. And it's just hackers talking to each other. And I like, well, I was like talking to you guys while you guys were playing Val Valheim and reading this chat for like 25 minutes and it kept going on. <laughs> like it just kept going like the chat in the, in the game, which was funny, but it was just yeah. like, it was just like dumb shit. Like, Hey, this guy's a new hacker. Um, did you, did you guys know if you type your password, it comes out in stars. And so everybody just <laughs> types out stars, stars, stars. And then the other guy's like the new hacker doesn't type in stars. No, that's, oh, that's very like old get school AOL well, chat room. Yeah, <laughs> there is like um, like a lot of love and time put into like like the sub menus. Like you know, like when you, when oh, you yeah. start the game, it's like you have all these like these different file paths, and most of them end up being corrupted. But it's like you know, the games path has like two or three games, and like all of them don't work except like this like random tree chopping game and stuff like that, and like. It's just a uh, like the attention to detail in the presentation was I thought was really impressive in this game. Yeah, especially like you know sure. not being like a big studio game, but like essentially just like a Kickstarter game. And I just thought the uh, yeah a lot of a uh, yeah a lot you can tell a lot of passion went went into this one. 
they also delivered a lot for this game, right? So they delivered not only Super Hot but Super Hot VR, and they did Super mm-hmm. Hot the the sequel is called Mind Control Delete, which when it launched, I believe they gave it for free to everybody who had Super Hot. But I, mm. I think since I bought it later, I don't have I don't I, like I have to buy it separately. I know Steve was. Oh, about that. that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like a surprise drop too. It was like like I think it it was announced very shortly before it came out. At least at least that was my understanding of it and all of a sudden it was like oh yeah new super hot game it's gonna be free and everyone was like whoa that's cool um and it, <laughs> yeah. you know obviously this isn't gonna factor into our ranking here but like it's the same basic formula but like they add a little bit more in terms of like some of the enemies that you fight will have like parts of their body that you can't hurt that are like not red that are like a dark oh. a darker gray or something like that and you can't can't shoot them there so you have to like only shoot the guys in the leg or only shoot the guys in the hand or something like that so it's a little bit trickier you can get uh power-ups too so there's like one that like if you jump you'll like fly into the air or like you know one punch one kill those types of abilities so it's cool they they kind of expand on the mm-hmm. uh the formula that they give you in the first game um yeah it's fun i found it I find it very like in playing through the challenges and the endless and the campaign and also mind control delete. I find that a lot of it feels kind of like doomy where they have like doom wads, which is basically like repurposing old stuff using the tools that they created. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It definitely has that like kind of early nineties first person shooter. So obviously doom inspired, but like it's just kind of throwing all sorts of different challenges at you and being like, how much can you turn into like a tornado of death? in the first person shooter <laughs> perspective yeah it's pretty fun I, I i really thought this game was was a very good choice i actually was like you know recently i was like i'm not really games you know, i haven't really played something that i like i played Spicoden recently and i was like oh that was all right but it wasn't the greatest and then played super hot and i was like whoa jazzed about video games again let's go video games super hot <laughs> Super right. hot. I, like, like everything about the aesthetic in this game is great. The super hot stuff, like when it flashes on screen after you complete a level, excellent. And then when they're like, we broke the system and stuff like that. <laughs> like, it's like, oh man, if you're like playing for like an hour and you're like just in the headspace, you're like, feel, yeah. feel it on, your, on yourself. <laughs> you have these like very satisfying game mechanics that feel good of like, Punching a dude in the face, taking their gun, shooting them, spinning around, throwing the gun at somebody else, taking their gun, shooting them, picking up like a random like little statue at like that's like off to the side, throwing at somebody else, and then it's kind of coupled with like this like kind of like uh, you know weird uh, not big brother but like some sinister corporation is watching you type vibe. I don't know. I don't know if either of you guys ever played Device Six. Oh, I no, but I've very, heard about that. No, I haven't So played. that, like, so it's, like, weird. I got, like, very similar vibes from that game to this, which is funny because Device 6 is almost like a choose-your-own-adventure book that you have to, like, progress through unlocking puzzles, but, like, has the very similar, like, creepy, like, you're always being watched narrative. And um, for two, like, really drastically different genres, like, I got very similar vibes, like, from both Maze because they both... We're developed by like smaller indie studios and stuff, but um, yeah. If we you should, like we that, should, we should play that oh, game. I would love to. I I played Device Six uh, as one of three games that I beat on a flight to Japan. We don't year. have a. <laughs> yeah, I did that once. 
I beat like oh, I beat Papers Please and like two other games on a flight to Europe one time. That's the the best. Yeah, well, that. you know, flying to Japan is like a thirteen and a half hour flight, so yeah. I was crushing yeah. through shit on that flight. And Device Six was actually the one that like stuck with me when I came back, and I got like very like similar vibes um, from um, from this game from like a narrative standpoint and like a puzzle standpoint too. Like, granted, yeah. wrapped in a different genre, but. Yeah. Side side note, Device 6 was made by Simogo, who also made uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts, which was a great game. Had a great soundtrack. Ooh, ooh that, was, probably... that was a great game, yeah. <clears throat> um, but yes, back to this game. Where does it go on our endless list of video games, which, as we said, goes from Super Mario 64 at number one, all the way down to um, Home Alone for the Sega Genesis at number 115. Um, and I don't think it goes at the bottom. And what I'll say, um, the most easiest comparison for me that is on this list is uh, Titanfall 2. As like the main thing. Came out the same year. Kind of a like a FPS with that was interesting. <laughs> um, that did different things like gimmicky. Um, for me, like story, I think is... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think in the, a little bit. I'd give the edge to um, Titanfall Two. It's more epic, and I like the BT um, side character. Um, and I think that the game is just more fleshed out. There's more different gimmicks in Titanfall Two, and there's also a big and expansive multiplayer. So I don't think it goes higher than Titanfall Two. But somebody, tell me if I'm wrong. Well, I have never played Titanfall Two, so I'm going to step back for a moment. Yeah, I mean, I love Titanfall too, and I agree that's kind of a that's a good comparison point, and that they're both first-person shooters that did something a little bit different with the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, Titanfall Two is definitely like more of like a fleshed-out full first-person shooter, though. Like almost like is it the Call of Duty guys who made it? Re- Respawn? I'm trying to remember. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah. So yeah, they're the the developer is not of Call of Duty was not Respawn, but it's people who left Call of Duty. Right. And started their own company called Respawn. Right, yeah. So it kind of, it, it has that, like, you know, that epicness to it and that, that gameplay aesthetic, but, like, in a sci-fi genre. This is more of a, you know, focused, smaller puzzle-like game. So I think that even though that really cranks this up in terms of, like, how good it is that they nailed this this mechanic in the first-person shooter puzzle genre that they created, or not created, but that they, that they went into here, um... Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's a better game than Titanfall 2. Um, even though it probably, like, nails its... I feel like it nails its concept more. It's like a cleaner-focused game, in a, in a way. And that's both to its strength and, and detriment a little bit. It's like, there's less there's less super hot to, to work with than there is Titanfall 2. And some of these other games up here, as you get to, like, the top of the list. Um, but it just, yeah, it nails it. I don't know. So it's a really good game. I'm down to put it in this neighborhood somewhere. Chris, yeah, where do you think it, it goes? Um, you know, I really like puzzle games, and I, I think of this as a puzzle game, not so much a first-person shooter game. I think, I think it's a puzzle game with a first-person shooter aesthetic. I find that yeah. like to be like a very uh, relaxing type of game to play. I think, you know, I think a thing that holds me back from like ranking it too high is that games like this, I think they're very good like pick-up-and-play for like a little bit of time then put them down but like i'm looking at like some of the other games that are kind of like in this range i guess and it's like they're a little bit more of a complete 
uh, game in the sense of like there's a story around it. There's like like a theming like uh, like a theme or a narrative that kind of runs through the game. They're a little bit more of like a um, I don't know. I'm trying to think the right way to put it. Like like they're not so like isolated. It's more like you're kind of playing a saga as opposed to kind of picking up and you know essentially playing a very fancy game of Sudoku and then putting it back down. And, like, I guess, like, that's kind of my struggle. Like, so, like, when I look at this, like, rankings, right? Like, the range that we're talking about. Um, like, I look at, like, something like Valkyria Chronicles, which is, you know, kind of like a real-time strategy, wartime game. But I think I'd maybe, granted, some of this plays in my own personal biases, I would probably put it, like, right below Valkyria Chronicles because I do kind of feel like they're kind of the same sort of idea. It's a strategy to complete a level, but... Valkyria Chronicles has, like, characters that are developing, a story that's developing, a um, little bit more mechanics going on, but, again, we are kind of talking about, like, a more straight-up puzzle game versus, like, a real-time strategy RPG, but I think, uh, to me, they're kind of the same, but I give my nod to Valkyria Chronicles on that, so that's that's kind of where I'm I'm at. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like I was, I was looking at this list right now, and another game that jumps out at me is like similar, but obviously not the same, is Hotline Miami, which is higher up the list a little bit, where it has that same kind of paranoid shooter puzzle aesthetic, even though it does it in a different way. Um, and I feel like there's kind of an open question of like how far a puzzle game or like a very focused game with like a core mechanic can go on this list because I was also thinking about Tetris too as like a example of a puzzle game and obviously Tetris is Tetris but like it's our number two game on this list so like it's kind of a question of like how much juice a puzzle game can have to get up the list compared to like a game that has like a we haven't thrown this word out there in a while or this term out there in a while but like the greater completeness of vision even though I would say this game does have that too is what they try to achieve I mean mm-hmm. This is the most complete vision game, right. probably. It's just, on, it's honestly. just a, it's just like a narrow it's very focus. Very narrow, yeah, right, yeah, right. So I do, th- I think, yeah. like in comparing it to Hotline Miami, though, I mean, um, Hotline Miami probably has a, a bit of a deeper story um, than that, yeah. and like, and also the music in that game is like so incredible uh, for the game, and also the levels are a lot more complex. Um, and I think they're done just as well, if it, probably way way better in terms of how like dominoes fall and how you approach a situation. Um, so I think that Hotline Miami is a way better. Yeah, I think that's right. The face of it. Like some of the level design in this game is just kind of like almost like window dressing. It's like, oh, you're in a bar right. now, or you're like in this alleyway, and like that can be kind of a tactical challenge for you because you're like in a narrow space or like some guys have cover. But yeah, you're right. Hotline Miami, it's like you have to be very methodical with how you move through the whole level not that you don't super hot too but it's a little bit you it's a little bit more forgiving i would say right um i I thought this game one of the things in its detriment was that it was very easy for me there was only i'm not like i'm not trying to like brag or humble brag here it was like um the longest i I lasted on a level was less than 10 minutes you know like trying to figure out a puzzle so it's not um it's not challenging, but that's but that's okay. Yeah. It's challenging enough, like yeah. But I agree. Like yeah. even the harder levels towards the end of the campaign, it's like 
once you start to figure out, okay, there's going to be these guys coming from here, and I'm down here, and then there's going to be some guys who spawn over there, and these are the weapons I have to work with. Like you can figure it out. It's it's not. Right. I, I not just didn't like get the. I didn't think the it. the. I didn't think the point was it for it to be like you know again making the comparison to Valkyria Chronicles like that becomes very very challenging at some point and like you know you're talking about like levels that like take like almost like an hour to complete like very that's every level in Valkyria <laughs> but uh but like I don't think this I don't think the point of Super Hot was like to be so difficult that like you couldn't beat it I think it was like you should be able to beat it but then figure out the more efficient way to complete a level afterwards and I think that's how I took it. So it's, uh, for lack of a better term, easiness didn't bother me. I think it's, uh, again, a game of like efficiency. Yeah, it's worth almost. noting that this started as a VR game too. So like, I don't think yeah. VR games yeah. are designed to be extremely difficult. They're more designed to be like an experience. Like they're supposed to be fun for you to kind of move around in. And like, just because you're in a game and can move around with your hands and your body, like that's a different aesthetic than than like having a controller or a keyboard and mouse and moving around like i think you have to kind of scale the difficulty along with that too so yeah this is never really designed to be a super challenging game um also just a note i'm pretty sure this didn't start as a vr game it started as a so it started as the as a flash game uh, and then it moved and became people saw that they made a kickstarter based on the flash game and it became in 2016 the super hot came out which is the game we played and then the vr game came out a year later oh i never realized that i always thought that it started as a vr game oh okay well then i guess undo it everything i just said but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah the the first i ever heard of this game was in its vr phase so i thought this was like some sort of like cool vr tech demo when it came out and they were like okay we gotta give this to the rest of the people so yeah um i would be happy to put it either at 50 or 49 um, you're not saying anything about DuckTales. Um, Chris. I, I, don't, I don't know. DuckTales was never a game. I, I know some people that used to be regularly on this pod that gave a big shit about DuckTales, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they don't seem to come on here too much anymore. So, <laughs> uh, the ground. so I don't <laughs> Wait was wait was it you or was it somebody else? I I thought it was somebody I, I, else. I, I, I think it was. Wasn't, I think it was Matt Z. It wasn't me. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, listen. He's not here to defend Ducktales. He hasn't been here in a while. So you know, I I think this overtakes Ducktales on, if nothing else, uh, to perhaps lure Matt Z back onto this onto this pod to uh, to reclaim uh, Ducktales' honor in higher ranking. Steve, should it go higher than Valkyria Chronicles? So I haven't played Valkyria Chronicles, so... That's... But should it go high? I mean, is there anything above it that you've played? Because there's a bunch that I don't think you have played. Yeah, so above Anime that... Anime War played... is Hell, I'll just say that. I've, so I've heard, so I've heard. Uh, I've played <laughs> Cuphead. I've played Cuphead above that. I've played Mortal Kombat. Uh, I've played Titanfall 2. So that's kind of my... my what, what have I played below that? Space Invaders. There's... Okay. Um, hmm. Chris, you seem to feel strongly about Valkyria, Valkyria Chronicles being a, a better game, and it does seem like a more complete game too. So that, that's the that's the key thing. Yeah. It's a yeah. more of a complete. Yeah. It's a more of a complete experience. You know? Yeah. So so let's uh, let's call it the new forty nine above Ducktales. All right. I like Valkyria Chronicles art style too, with its like mm. cel shaded 
comic booky thing going on, especially in like the menus when it's like you're flipping through pages to get to different missions. That that was very good. Also, mm. I could play it on my Switch. Although you can play Super Hot on your Switch too. You, you know, should try um. You should try the fourth Valkyrie Chronicles. It's very very similar to the first one, and uh, anime war uh, anime world war is still hell. Um, also, I have a PSP. I don't know if you know this because I've told you this before that somebody, get, our mutual friend, gave to me. <laughs> Remember that? I told you that. <laughs> and you're still mad about it. <laughs> I don't know what's going on but anymore. I can, but I can, but I can play Valkyria Chronicles too. You, you sure can. PSP. You sure can. <laughs> wow, the amount of jealousy, envy, whatever you want to say about this PSP is overwhelming on the video chat right now. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that, uh, that's an inside baseball that will uh, <laughs> live and die there. Yeah. My man. I did buy a whole bunch of games off him, so maybe he liked me because of that. But nevertheless, we have a new number 49 on our endless list it is what gamer do we play super hot i'm drinking a can of liquid cannabis right now and it is kicking in folks <laughs> are you seeing the words super hot flashing in front of your eyes right now as you add this no to the list? no but steve i want to be seeing that so that's why we're ending this podcast <laughs> Super. So, so I will I will say here uh, so that uh, Mike doesn't have to. We next week will be doing the game that was teased at the end of last week's episode. <laughs> but I don't really. We didn't really have a good reason for flipping the recording schedule around. But uh, oh, well, it's because I I wanted to give you guys more time um, because I know oh, that Steve yeah. hadn't gotten to it so. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say, Chris, oh, Chris right. when we were right. Chris, when we were talking about how you'd been absent from the pod last week, I, I was gonna say earlier that I messed up the big market tease as a result of that. Uh, didn't even name the right <laughs> game, so thank God you're back. Oh well, don't worry, it's okay. You can basically delete last week's episode, pretend it never happened. Uh, I think I will be on the next few anyway. I don't know, but anyway, Mike, I, Mike, we'll... Mike, I want to put Super Hot above Valkyria Chronicles now. I'm, I'm revising <laughs> my opinion. <laughs> um, we will be doing the original Twisted Metal next week in all its shitty, controlling, ugly, graphical glory. Sweet. Can't wait. <laughs> I am excited. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, gentlemen. See you next week.